I'm James Valentine. Yuletide Headroom here. Christmas is a festival ever-evolving, ever-changing. It's a celebration of the birth of Christ. It's a time for the family to get together. It's when Santa comes. It's all of those things at once. And just before we go too much further, this podcast will discuss Christmas traditions in a historical and adult-type fashion. So those excited by the imminent arrival of St Nick should go and watch Will Ferrell in Elf. So in this one, I'm interested in a new Christmas trend because these new trends come and don't always go. Think of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, not one of the original reindeer that provided logistical support on Christmas Eve. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came as he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, now Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. That idea started with The Night Before Christmas, first published 1823. But then in the 1930s in the US, a supermarket chain called Montgomery Ward published Robert May's verse tale of Rudolph, and a decade later, Bing Crosby is singing it. Of all, talking about Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it Personally, I think Chuck Berry came up with something better. Similarly, I feel like The Grinch has moved from being a Dr Seuss book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, to replacing Ebenezer Scrooge as the anti-Christmas figure. Those who feel despair as the tinsel goes up and the little drummer boy starts to parupa-pum-pum his way through the shopping centres are no longer bar-humbugging, they're described as Grinches. The Grinch is so present that Tyler, the creator, has done the latest song version for the latest movie version. So the point is, there's always new figures coming into the Christmas canon. Even the little drummer boy wasn't at the original nativity alongside the ox and ass and the wise men. He was written in in the 1941 carol composed by American Catherine Davis. And no, I'm not going to play it. It's a song that takes forever. And there's not a mother in the world, no matter how miraculous the birth, who would welcome a drummer boy of any size into the maternity stable. So, mindful of the constant updating, I was intrigued to find out how people felt about the Christmas elf. You may not have encountered the Christmas elf unless you're in charge of some humans under 10. But he's gaining ground. And I wanted to see who'd embrace the elf and perhaps who was not because my initial reaction was, this sounds creepy and horrible. Here's a creator, Carol Abersold, who with her daughter Shanda have written the book and been running the elf on the shelf industry ever since. The tradition of the elf on the shelf is when Santa sends an elf to a person's house to be his eyes and ears during the Christmas season. Then every night the elf flies back to tell Santa who's being naughty and who's being nice. When I was a girl, I had an elf. His name was Fisbee. When I got married, he of course came with me. And when I had children, they grew up with the elf tradition. One afternoon, Uh, Shanda and I were sitting at my kitchen table and I was telling her where I was in my life, which was at the very bottom, rock bottom. And I was trying to put into words what I was feeling on the inside. 
And she said to me, Mom, you're such a good writer. Why don't you write a book? I said, oh, the bookshelves are full of books that people don't read, and I don't have anything to say. And she looked up, and Santa had been so gracious and had let Fisby stay over because he knew that I was down. And she looked up on the shelf in my kitchen, and she said, Mom, we should write a book about our elf tradition and share it with the world. And that was when we started writing the book. That was sort of the beginning of my therapy that gave me a purpose and something to do, also something to do with my grown daughter, which was quite a blessing for me. So it's a book and a toy elf, and the idea is that the elf hangs around the place, reports back to Santa, and the crucial thing is that the children are not allowed to touch the elf, and the elf moves around the house. So it's in the lounge room one day, in the bedroom the next, and then the laundry basket, and this has meant that people have had to get imaginative about what the elf is doing, and in these social media times, it means that people go to great lengths to make Instagrammable elf moments and to tell everyone about their great elf ideas. So you can see why I was intrigued to find out... How is the elf going here in Australia? Elf on the Shelf is going well. My wife introduced it a couple of years ago with our two daughters, who are seven and nine. Mm -hmm. They're both absolutely absorbed and entranced with the escapades of the elf every morning after it's been moving around the house every night. And they love it. They absolutely love it. They're, They're completely absorbed. They wait with anticipation of where the elf might be, what escapades he's got into, and then they relay those stories to their family and friends. So when you say what escapades, what happens overnight? So the children are not allowed to touch the elf. That's the, that's the generic rule, I think. So the elf moves around of its own accord. But the escapades that the elf gets into, things like it might have uh, fallen into the bread maker, it might have wrapped itself in toilet paper and gone to sleep somewhere, it gets itself into mishaps. It's not just placed in appropriate sort of positions. Right. So does this mean that for you, you've got to dream these things up every night? Yes, we do. We take it in turns. I think my share is significantly less than my wife's at the moment, but <laughs> I get I get the option to do something with it now and again. We've got to pay attention to what, what we can do with the elf. Right. So it's, a, it's another thing, you know, it's, it's 9 o'clock at night, you've got to go, oh, that's right now, the elf. What are we going to do with the elf? <laughs> that's uh, right. What about it, it fixes the car? Um, what about it's, it's um, you know, in the dog basket? But then you try to be, if it was just sort of sitting in the dog basket, that's not very interesting? You've got to work a bit harder than that? You've got to work harder than that. That does sound like hard work, and I've never been good at the elaborate birthday party for the kiddies or the treasure hunt or anything like that. Oh, look, I feel like the Christmas Grinch here, possibly the feminist Christmas Grinch, <laughs> but I think it sucks. The worst of all Christmas Grinches, Hannah, right. surely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So the Elf on the Shelf is $40, let's start with that, mm. and it's, as you say, it's another job to do at 9 o'clock, and uh, although it did sound from your last caller really lovely, he was very honest in admitting who was actually doing the work yep. of the Elf on the Shelf. Yep. Uh, it's a bit like that horrible toy from childcare centres that you have to bring home and photograph with everything and pretend that you have this perfect family so that you can take it back to the childcare centre and show that you're doing a good job and you're feeding them proper food. And oh, I didn't know about this one. So what's, the, so what's the toy? Is it a baby or something? Uh, well, a lot of childcare centres have a soft toy that you have to bring home and uh, photograph and then write some little anecdotes about and then it goes back to the childcare centre and everybody can talk about their experiences with the soft toy and uh, it's a bit like it's one of those jobs that it always ends up being 
person at home. It's usually the mum, and it just sucks. It's just another. I'd much rather just be playing with the kids, you know, eating with them, putting them to bed, mm. making them feel safe. It's just another. Couldn't way you to have a relatively on. passive, lazy elf on a shelf who just actually sits on the shelf? but he's omnipresent somehow and knows everything? Well, I love the idea that the, the kids aren't supposed to touch it. They've obviously not met my kids. I mean, that wouldn't last five minutes yeah. in my house. The elf, <laughs> the elf on the shelf would be in the sandpit, head first. Mm. Bits mm. of it would be all over the house. It's mm. just another way to fail, James. It's just don't Just do it, another don't way think. to fail. Yeah. Elf on a shelf is just another way to fail. Oh, wow. You haven't tried it? Oh, no. No, no. no. Okay. I've done advent calendars and they were bad enough. Just another way to fail. That's my new mantra. A few correspondents felt it gave you a bad motivation to be good and was generally creepy and wrong. But plenty of people are loving it. At first, now we've, we've got two kids, nine and seven and a half, and it was the younger one, um, our son, really wanted it. He really, really, really wanted it. And when our daughter saw it, she went, oh, that's really creepy, which was kind of funny, and we, but we couldn't show that we thought that was funny. Mm. But she's since really got into it, and we've been doing now our Elf on the Shelf a little bit inappropriate, does slightly naughty things, and the kids are absolutely loving it. So and what sort I of slightly say, naughty things does it do? Well, last night there was a grater on the, on the kitchen counter, and he grated a, um, a carrot, which had a very scared-looking expression face drawn on it, and there was a little sign saying "Snowman Nose Rejection Centre," and so he's like, <laughs> "And wow!" So you are working. Amusing. You are working hard, Elliot. Oh yeah, we're we're really well. It, it's you know this is where Pinterest comes in handy. You can search for these sorts of ideas. He bottled himself up in a in a jar one night with a little sign saying, "I passed wind in here. Do you want to have a smell?" Nice. And Things like that. So he's a little bit cheeky. So the kids are really enjoying that. And I've got to say, it stops it being quite so treacly, sickeningly yeah. sweet. Some said they were exhausted by the elf. Their children were always disappointed by what their elf had been up to because their friends at school's elf was getting up to all sorts of fun tricks. Another said that their child is terrified of the whole idea, the idea that there's an inanimate object that might sneak into her bedroom in the middle of the night. But fans continued to call in. Honestly... A fantastic little addition to our family. He's called Eric. My younger son is eight years old and he's, um, he's autistic. We do find it a great avenue for his relationship building skills because he does find it hard to make friends. Mm. So it's a way he can relate to some of his friends in the class. Mm. He doesn't take it to school, but that's what he does. He does you know, talk about it all, a lot. Right. It's definitely a 1st of December thing. So when we put the Christmas tree up, that's when we bring him out as well. Right. He actually, he was so sad when he, when, when he had to go back to the North Pole for end of Christmas. He actually came out for his birthday for one day as a special thing for him. Some say that this elf was inspired by a Scandinavian tradition that's very similar, and since this elf has been around, there's now a Hanukkah version called Mench on the Bench. But I wonder if it might have all started with Dave's Christmas tradition, which has been going on for a while. Yeah, I've got a uh, Christmas rat. The Christmas uh, rat. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a rubber sort of medium-sized rat that my uh, mother gave me uh, quite a few years ago now mm. with a bit of tinsel around it. Oh, nice. I was very grateful when she gave it to me. I thought, gee, mum, what am I going to do with that? I came up with a couple of ideas. Um, I stuck it in the kid's school bag, sent it off to uh, school. Um, it popped up in the lunchbox, and it was a very, very good way of annoying the children. Mm. 
Did it scare and, them or, you know, were they happy to see? I embarrassed. Right. <laughs> How do you explain a rat in your lunchbox? You know, right. it's a bit difficult. And then uh, the best one was um, I stuck it down the end of my eldest daughter's trombone, uh, stuck it right in there. So uh, when she got to band practice, the trombone was making a bit of a funny noise and, uh, yeah, had to extract the rat out in the middle of the band room. That well, was good. Dave, you're um, quite the prankster. Um, yeah, well, um, they've started pranking us back with the rat, of course. Right. So, so now, you know, once you receive the rat, then it's your job to uh, place the rat somewhere inappropriate to someone else in the family. And, and what, uh, what's, where have they placed it to embarrass you? It's good in a briefcase when you open it up in a meeting. You know, you get a lot of attention uh, for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Uh, we went to New York recently and uh, opened the bag when we got there and the rat was there. And, international uh, rat. International. And, of course, the other night I was thinking, geez, this pillow's a bit lumpy and uh, mm, the rat was uh, <laughs> in the pillowcase. All Dave has to do now is write a book, get a website going, and it could be the Christmas rat that is our next Christmas tradition. Look, merry everything for you, whatever you're up to. This has been made by me, James Valentine, by producer Jen Fleming, and by technical whiz Matt Hiley. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it didn't feel like there was liquid tinsel being poured into your ears, and have a really great holiday. See you soon. Run, run, Rudolph, I'm reeling like a merry